to the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Uh, tonight, we'll start uh, our Bible study in the Gospel of St. Luke. As you know, when we started this Bible study uh, classes, uh, we did not study the New Testament in order. Actually, for example, the first letter we studied was letter to Hebrews. So, through the grace of God, we, we finished all the New Testament books, and the last book is the Gospel of St. Luke. Once we finish the Gospel of St. Luke, thus uh, we ended and we finished all the New Testament, and after this, through the grace of God, will start our Bible study uh, for the Old Testament. Uh, today just will give introduction to the Gospel of St. Luke. Uh, and the introduction has many informations, so I don't want you to worry about all the information because the notes will be posted on the DICE's website, suscops.org, and also uh, through the grace of God, we are publishing all these Bible studies as books, commentary books. Uh, so, hopefully, uh, we can publish all what we did. Uh, in this way, you will have a commentary on the New Testament from Matthew to uh, Revelation. So, tonight, just we will cover the introduction to the Gospel of St. Luke. In this introduction, we will discuss five points. Number one, the life of St. Luke. Number two, the authorship of the Gospel. Why you are saying that St. Luke is the author of the Gospel. Number three, the time and the place uh, of writing the gospel. So the time and where the gospel was written. What time and where. Number four, the purpose of writing this gospel. Why St. Luke decided to write this gospel. And the last point, contents and characteristics of the gospel. How this gospel or what is unique about this gospel is we compare it with the other three Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and John. So that's what we will cover tonight through the grace of God. The Gospel according to St. Luke is written by a man believed to be only New Testament Gentile writer. What do I mean by this? St. Luke is a Gentile. Gentile means not Jewish. All the authors of the books of the New Testament were from Jewish background, were Jewish people. So Luke actually is the only Gentile among all the authors of the books of the New Testament. The Holy Spirit inspired St. Luke who carefully researched and recorded the events of Jesus' life 
and ministry for his target audience of Gentiles Christian. St. Luke was a physician, so he had the scientific mind. So he carefully researched and recorded all the events of the life of our Lord Jesus Christ and his ministry. And his target is the Gentiles. So he was writing to the Gentiles. And as you know, Gentiles means the non-Christian, sorry, non-Jewish. Gentiles are the non-Jewish people. St. Luke's Gospel provides the longest and most complete account of the advent and earthly life of the Messiah. Advent means the coming. From the divine announcement and the birth of his forerunner, St. John the Baptist, to the annunciation and the birth and the early childhood of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, for example, no other gospel spoke about the Annunciation to Zechariah and Elizabeth and the birth of John the Baptist. No other gospel spoke about the Annunciation to St. Mary, Mother of God. Even the details of the life, the early childhood of our Lord Jesus Christ, like his circumcision, presentation to the temple, no other gospel mentioned. Also, when he was at the age of 12, no other gospel mentioned. So, St. Luke actually is one of the most complete account of the earthly life of the Messiah. St. Luke presents the Lord Jesus Christ as the promised Messiah. So, He wanted actually to explain to us that Jesus is the promised Messiah. He is the Son of Man who came to bind the power of Satan by conquering death and conquering sin in order to bring to us the gift of redemption and eternal salvation. So, his gospel focused that God became man in order to bind the power of Satan and to conquer sin and death in order to bring us the gift of God of redemption and eternal salvation. Authorship, who wrote this gospel? The early church fathers unanimously identify the writer as St. Luke. There is no disagreement about that St. Luke is the author of the gospel. And St. Luke was a physician and also a companion of St. Paul on his missionary journeys. Companion of St. Paul in his missionary journeys. That's why Luke also wrote to us the book of Acts. So St. Luke wrote two books in the New Testament, the Gospel of Luke and the book of Acts. Some scholars have suggested that Luke was 
a Hellenistic Jew. So a Jewish who lived in with the Gentiles. But most scholars identify him as a Gentile convert, purely Gentile, with no Jewish background. Some think that St. Luke is one of the 70 apostles, and also he is one of the two disciples to whom the Lord appeared after his resurrection on their way to Amwes, as we read in Luke chapter 24, verse 12, after the resurrection. But St. Luke did not mention his name due to the spirit of humility. He mentioned the name of Kilubas, the other person, but he did not mention his name. The meaning of his name, the bearer of light. Luke means bearer of light. That's the meaning of his name. The majority of the modern studies think that he was not one of the 70. But rather, he accepted the faith at the hands of St. Paul the Apostle. Why they said this? Because St. Luke himself, in the prologue of his Gospel, in Luke chapter 1 and verse 2, he said how he composed his Gospel. He said, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word delivered them to us. So, as if he said, I was not one of these eyewitnesses, but I collected this information from them. Also, according to the modern scholars, there is lack of historical event evidence that he is one of the 70. Uh, but I'm just giving you all the opinion. So if you hear this or this, you are aware that the two opinions exist. One says he's one of the 70, but the modern scholars, they actually dispute this. Also, St. Luke as I told you, he was a physician, but also he was a painter. And it's mentioned in the holy tradition of the church that he has painted the icon of the Virgin Saint Mary. And most probably during this time while he was painting her icon, uh, maybe he got many stories from Saint Mary and recorded to us like the presentation to the, to the temple, the circumcision, uh, the Annunciation of Archangel Gabriel. Uh, so these unique stories to the Gospel of St. Luke uh, could be from St. Mary uh, when actually St. Luke was painting her icon. Also St. Luke was one of the companions of St. Paul missionary trips. Uh, it is said that he left a celibate. He did not marry. And he worked in Greece. 
Also, he was martyred at the age of 84. And his remains was transferred to Constantinople in the year 357 AD, his relics. But later on, in the year 1177 AD, 12th century, 1177 AD, his relics were transferred to Padua in Italy. St. Luke is not, because some people confused him with other names in the Gospel. So St. Luke is not Lucius of Cyrene, who is mentioned as prominent among the prophets and teachers at Antioch. We read about Lucius of Cyrene in Acts chapter 13 verse 1. But St. Luke is not Lucius of Cyrene. Also, St. Luke is not Lucius, who is named as a kinsman of St. Paul in Romans 16, 21. So St. Luke is not Lucius of Cyrene, or the Lucius that mentioned in Romans 16, 21. The time of writing the Gospel. Most of the scholars believe that the date of the writing was around 58 or 60 AD. But few scholars believe that it was written around 70 AD after the fall of Jerusalem. And this scholar claim that Luke chapter 21 verse 20 gives an accurate historical description of the Roman siege of the city in 70 AD. That's why they said he wrote his gospel after 70 AD. But the response to this claim that St. Luke gospel, St. Luke's gospel does not describe the Roman's army destruction of Jerusalem but only gives the prophecy of our Lord Jesus Christ about the city siege by a foreign army. So what's written in Luke chapter 21, verse 20, is actually a prophecy from the Lord Jesus Christ about what happened later on in year 70 AD. Also, the Gospel of St. Luke, it's believed that it is written before the book of Acts. The book of Acts is dated to year 64 or 65 AD. To whom he wrote the gospel and from where did he write his gospel? The place of origin is not revealed in the gospel of St. Luke. So it is difficult to say from where he wrote it. But some scholars suggested that St. Luke collected his material while he was with St. Paul during the two years imprisonment that we read actually in the book of Acts chapter 27 and St. Luke, the author of the book of Acts, 
when he spoke about the imprisonment of St. Paul, he used we, which means that St. Luke was with St. Paul in this imprisonment. And uh, most, according to these scholars, that he wrote the gospel shortly after that time. So they think, because this imprisonment was in Rome, so they think that could be the gospel written from Rome. But other scholars say no, it could be written in Achaia or Alexandria. Uh, to whom it, the gospel is addressed? Actually, we know from both the Gospel of St. Luke and the Book of Acts, he addressed, addressed these two books to a character named Theophilus. As we read in Luke chapter 1, verse 3, and Book of Acts chapter 1, verse 1. Uh, who is Theophilus? Some scholars said, most probably, Theophilus was like a patron in the life of St. Luke, who assisted him in publishing uh, the book of Acts and the Gospel of St. Luke. Also, Theophilus most probably he was a Gentile, not a Jewish, because Theophilus is a Gentile name. Theo means God. Uh, Phila means lover, so uh, Theophilus means the friend of God or the lover of God. Also, St. Paul addressed to him most excellent Theophilus, and this was like a title referring to a Roman provincial governor. So, most probably he was high official in the Roman Empire, uh, Although the gospel is dedicated to or sent to Theophilus, but it was meant for a wider group of people. It was meant to be sent actually to the educated heathen, educated Gentiles, or the scholars of Greek philosophy and literature. And uh, when we study the gospel, we will see why you are saying this gospel was intended to be sent to the educated and the scholars of the Greek philosophy and literature. What is the purpose of writing the gospel? Why did he write the gospel? In order to write about the life of Jesus, as we read in chapter 1, from verse 1 to 3, also to write to Theophilus that Theophilus might know the exact truth about the things he had been taught, as we read in chapter 1, verse 4. Theophilus heard many accounts. So St. Luke actually uh, want to send him the exact truth that he collected from the eyewitnesses. 
So Luke wanted to display before Theophilus reliable information, which was in the account that he heard. So he wanted to, to tell him the reliable information about the life of our Lord Jesus Christ. Most probably St. Luke was dealing with some controversial issues by false teachers who actually proclaimed that they are writing the true story of the Lord Jesus Christ. But they were false uh, teachers. From where Luke, if he himself was not eyewitness, like Matthew or like uh, John or Mark. So what are the sources that he relied on in writing his gospel? If we consider that he was not one of the 70. Uh, St. Luke actually in, in chapter 1 verse 2 disclaims the character of an eyewitness and confesses that he is only a compiler, claiming simply the credit of having done his best to verify the facts which he narrates. So he got the information from the eyewitnesses and compiled them, but he was accurate and he did his best to make sure that this information that he received are the accurate information about the life of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, also, the church considered the Gospel of St. Luke a canonical book. Canonical Gospel means it is inspired by the Holy Spirit. Uh, so we don't hear cancel or ignore the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to protect St. Luke in writing the book of uh, Acts and his gospel from making any errors. Uh, also, some information for his gospel and the book of Acts came from his close association with St. Paul and his companion, as also he explained in the introduction to his gospel. He was one of the companions of St. Paul. So this close association of St. Paul and the companions of St. Paul actually helped him to get more information. Also, uh, it's obvious if he wrote the, uh, his gospel about 20 or 30 years after the events and after the ascension of our Lord Jesus Christ, that many facts and saying would reach him in comparatively isolated form. Then he made an effort actually to relate the events together in order as he mentioned in verse, chapter 1, verse 4, that you may know the certainty of those things in which you were instructed. 
And I told you, he has a mind of a scientist. He, he is a physician. So he used uh, scientific uh, evidence and verification uh, to make sure that the co- uh, information that he is compiled are the truth. Beside, again, we cannot ignore the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to protect him from writing anything wrong. In the prologue to the Gospel, he indicated that he got the information from those who were themselves eyewitnesses. So he got the information from first-hand eyewitness. And probably, as I told you, he have gotten additional details uh, from St. Mary, the Mother of God, especially about the infancy of our Lord Jesus Christ, which you cannot find it in the other three Gospels. As you know, the Church relates the four Gospels to the four living creatures that Ezekiel saw in his Revelation and also St. John saw in his book of Revelation. The face of man, face of lion, face of calf, and face of eagle. So these four living creatures with four faces are symbols of the four Gospels. The second living creature is like face of a calf or ox. And this actually symbolizes the Gospel of St. Luke. Why? Because St. Luke in his Gospel presented to us Christ as sacrifice and as the high priest. So the face of ox or or calf represent Christ the Redeemer, the sacrifice, the high priest who offered himself as a sacrifice. And because St. Luke described this in his Gospel, that's why the Church assigned the symbol of the face of calf to uh, the Gospel of St. Luke. More than any other evangelist, St. Luke conveys to us the image of the Redeemer Christ who came to save the sinners. Our Lord Jesus Christ was both the sacrifice, the sacrificial lamb, and the high priest. So he offered himself. He is the high priest and the, the sacrifice in the same time. And even St. Paul opened his gospel with references to priesthood and sacrifices when he talked about Zechariah in chapter 1 and then Simeon the Elder and so on. The gospel of St. Luke is considered one of the synoptic gospels. Synoptic means, optic means vision. Sign, S-Y-N, means one. So, synoptic means one vision, or at a glance. Because 
Matthew, Mark, and Luke, these three gospels, more or less, they have the same vision, same construction. John is different. So when we say synoptic gospels, we are speaking about Mark, uh, sorry, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. So Luke is one of these three synoptic gospels. Uh, as I, I told you, they have the general plan reflects similarities in events related to the life and teaching of our Lord Jesus Christ. But it's interesting to notice that half of St. Luke's information about the life of the Lord Jesus Christ is exclusively his own. Almost half of the information that he mentioned about the life of our Lord Jesus Christ was not mentioned in other gospel, as I will explain to you today. St. Luke contains information about the announce, um, announcement, annunciation, and the birth of John the Baptist, not in other gospel. Also, he gave us detailed information about the annunciation and the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ his presentation to the temple, his circumcision, and all this information not written in other gospel. Also, St. Luke recorded to us in detail the final journey of our Lord Jesus Christ to Jerusalem. From chapter 9, verse 51, to chapter 19, verse 27, almost 10 chapters. So this final journey St. Luke actually mentioned in a detailed form, which contained many parables. You cannot find it in the other Gospels. The focus of St. Luke is to present Jesus, the Son of God, who became the Son of Man, in order to redeem us and to bring salvation to all mankind, not only to the Jews, but to the whole world. Also, one of the beautiful characteristics of St. Paul, oh, sorry, of the Gospel of St. Luke, sorry, he emphasized the humanity of our Lord Jesus Christ and his compassion and his love. He is the Son of Man. Jesus is God who became man and who fulfilled the ideal of the human perfection. So, the perfect form of humanity, we can see it in the Gospel of St. Luke, how he presented it in the person of our Lord Jesus Christ. And also identifies how the Lord Jesus Christ uh, identified with the sorrow and the suffering of the sinful humanity. So he is the perfect human, but in the same time, he identifies with our sorrows and the suffering of our sinfulness. So St. Luke relates that Jesus, the perfect son of man, who is also the perfect Son of God, 
he willingly took humanity's suffering upon himself to accomplish the work of salvation. So he took suffering willingly in order to redeem us. And St. Luke places a special emphasis on the universality of Jesus' gospel message of salvation. Salvation universal for everybody. Especially he's writing to the Gentiles. Yes, he is the Messiah prophesied by the prophets. But he came to save and to minister to people of all nations, not only Israel, through the power of God and the Holy Spirit. So Jesus of Nazareth is not just the promised Redeemer or Messiah of the Jews, but he is the Savior of the whole world. As we read in the praise of Simeon the Elder, My eyes have seen your salvation, which you prepared for all the people. Luke chapter 2, verse 32, and also in Luke 24, 47, salvation for everybody. Go and preach the gospel to the whole world. Uh, also, the gospel of St. Luke is the longest, including many stories, parables, unique to this gospel, not mentioned anywhere. And uh, why he emphasized about the universality of the salvation? Because as I told you, Luke himself was a Gentile, and he is writing to the Gentile. So it makes sense that a Gentile who is writing to the Gentiles emphasize that salvation is for everybody, not only for Israel. For example, St. Luke mentioned in his Gospel that the Lord Jesus Christ met people from every nation, from different nations, and showed them love, validation, and healing. Not only Israel. And one of the things that he emphasized in his gospel, the picture of Jesus as the compassionate God. Uh, also, St. Luke's gospel begins with the appearance of Archangel Gabriel to both Zachariah and St. Mary. Archangel Gabriel foretold two miraculous births. The birth of John, uh, of John the Baptist to Zachariah and Elizabeth, both of them will advance it in years beside Elizabeth who is barren. So two obstacles here, the, both of them advanced in years and Elizabeth was barren. And also the second miraculous birth is the virginal conception of Jesus in the womb of St. Mary, the mother of God. Matthew when he mentioned the genealogy of our Lord Jesus Christ, said, Jesus, son of David, son of Abraham, because he was writing to the Jews. But the Gospel of St. Luke 
traced the genealogy of our Lord Jesus Christ back to Adam, not to Abraham, in order to show the universality. All the children of Adam, not only the children of Abraham, all the children of Adam will receive this salvation. So this salvation is universal. It's not only for a certain group. Also, St. Luke emphasizes the love of our Lord Jesus Christ and his care, especially to those whom the Jewish leader neglected and even never noticed. For example, Jesus showed concern and respect for women and the Jewish leaders, they disrespected women. The Lord Jesus Christ in the Gospel of St. Luke paid attention to the poor, paid attention to the despised Samaritans, the sick, the children. So all these groups were actually ignored by the Jewish leader. But the Lord showed compassion to women, poor, despised Samaritans, sick, and children. So he presented our Lord Jesus Christ as a hero, but can be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. So he is a hero not disconnected with us, but actually he identifies with our suffering, feels for, for us and had compassion upon us. So, Luke actually presented to us that for the Lord Jesus Christ, there were no unimportant people. Every single one was important. Child, woman, Samaritan, foreigner, poor, every single person is important to the Lord Jesus Christ. Also, St. Luke uh, emphasized and gave special stress upon the prayers of Jesus Christ himself. For example, Luke, the only one who mentioned that Jesus was praying during his baptism. And when he was praying during his baptism, the heaven were opened, as we read in Luke chapter 21. Also, in the transfiguration, he is the only one mentioned that Jesus was praying on the Mount of Transfiguration, and then came on him the cloud and the voice of the Father, as we read in Luke chapter 9, verse 29. Also, he, he stressed that Jesus was praying when the disciples went to him and asked him to teach them how to pray. Luke 11, verse 1. Also, he mentioned that the Lord Jesus Christ prayed for Peter that his faith might not fail. Luke 22, 32. So, he mentioned that Jesus prayed all the time. 
So, the last point in our Bible study tonight, the outline of the gospel. The whole gospel. What's the outline of the whole gospel? So, the prologue or the opening, it is chapter 1 from verse 1 to 4. Then, from chapter 1, verse 5, to chapter 2, verse 52, it is the birth and infancy stories. Like how Zachariah and Elizabeth received angelic announcement that she will bear child who will be the forerunner John the Baptist. How St. Mary received the news from Archangel Gabriel that she will give birth to Christ. Mary visited Elizabeth. The account of the birth of St. John. The glorious birth of Jesus Christ. The circumcision of our Lord Jesus Christ. The presentation to the temple. What happened when Jesus was 12 years old and he stayed behind in the temple? And then the remainder of his growth to manhood, he summarizes them in two verses in John in, in Luke chapter 2, verse 51-52. So, the prologue, or the introduction, the opening, then the birth and the stories around the infancy. The third uh, point, the preparation for ministry. How Jesus prepared for his ministry. This from Luke chapter 3, verse 1, to Luke chapter 4, verse 13. It starts by John the Baptist preparing the way, then the Lord Jesus Christ is baptized by John, and then Luke mentioned the genealogy of our Lord Jesus Christ, tracing it to Adam, and from St. Mary's side, and Jesus is tempted by Satan. That is the preparation for the ministry. Then, the fourth point, the ministry in Galilee. From Luke chapter 4, verse 14, all the way to Luke chapter 9, verse 15. The ministry in Galilee. And many events are recorded that did not appear in the other Gospels. Like what? The miracle of catching many fish in Luke chapter 5. The raising of the son of the widow at Nain in Luke chapter 7. The story of the woman anointed the feet of our Lord Jesus Christ at Simon's house, Luke chapter 7. All this story not mentioned in any other gospel. The unique uh, teaching of our Lord Jesus Christ uh, during this time, like for example, the parable of the two debtors in Luke chapter 7, verse 41. So that is the ministry in Galilee. Then the fifth point, so start with the prologue, the birth and infancy, preparation to the ministry, ministry in Galilee, then number five, in the outline, the trip to Jerusalem, the final trip to Jerusalem. This almost ten chapters. 
from Luke chapter 9, 51 to Luke 19, 27. And during this period, the Lord Jesus Christ particularly emphasizing concern for the Samaritans. Uh, so, when two cities of Samaria rejected him, he demonstrated patience, as we read in Luke chapter 9. Jesus tells the parable of the Good Samaritan in Luke chapter 10. When Jesus cleansed ten lepers, only one returned to thank him, and he was a Samaritan in Luke chapter 17. Also, during this period, he mentioned uh, some events that none of the other evangelists mentioned. Like the healing of a woman who had a spirit of infirmity for 18 years, Luke chapter 13. The healing of a man with dropsy, Luke chapter 14. The visit of our Lord Jesus Christ to Zacchaeus, chapter 19. Also, Luke mentioned some parables that no other evangelist mentioned. Like the Good Samaritan, Luke chapter 10. The friend at midnight, Luke chapter 11. The rich fool, uh, the foolish rich man, Luke chapter 12. The watching servant, Luke chapter 12. The barren fig tree, Luke chapter 13. The parable of the great banquet, Luke chapter 14, the unfinished tower or the unwaged war, <coughs> Luke chapter 14, the lost sheep, lost coin, lost son, Luke chapter 15, <coughs> the wise steward, Luke chapter 16, the rich man and Lazarus, although this is not a parable, it's a true story, uh, Luke chapter 16, the unprofitable servant, Luke chapter 17. So all these uh, 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 and more, the persistent widow, Luke chapter 18, the Pharisee and publican, Luke chapter 18, the men minus, Luke chapter 19. So all these parables, not mentioned in any other gospel, very, very unique to St. Luke. Then, Number six, actually, the ministry in Jerusalem. This from Luke chapter 19, verse 28, to Luke 24, verse 53. So the outline again, the introduction, or the opening, the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ and the story of his infancy, preparation to the ministry, ministry in Galilee, the final trip to Jerusalem, and then the ministry in Jerusalem. He started the ministry in Jerusalem uh, by the triumphal entry on Hosanna Sunday, Palm Sunday, Luke 19, and how the conflict with the Pharisee and the scribe and chief priest start to escalate and increase. Then he mentioned Judas agreed to betray the Lord Jesus Christ uh, in Luke chapter 22. Jesus institute the Lord's Supper and Eucharist in Luke 22. 
Then uh, the prayer in Gethsemane, Luke 22. Jesus is arrested, Luke 22 also. Peter denies the Lord Jesus Christ three times, Luke 22. Jesus is tried by both the Jews and the Romans. This Luke 22 and 23. Delivered up to death, Jesus delivered up to death, Luke 23. And Jesus was crucified outside Jerusalem, Luke 23 also. He is buried, Luke 23. Finally, Luke closes his gospel with the glorious account of Jesus' resurrection in Luke 24 and his ascension in 24, verse 50 to 53. So this is actually the outline of the gospel of St. Luke. Uh, as I said, I, I mentioned many information, uh, but uh, the notes uh, will be posted under suscapsas.org under the Bible study, so you can have the notes and you can look at it. Um, from next week, God willing, we'll start uh, from uh, Luke chapter 1. This actually concludes our Bible study tonight. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.